Right, hallelujah. So what are we doing right now? We're sharing, we're getting ready. We're getting ready to minister the word this Shabbat from Israel. Here in Kasaria, Israel, we're in quarantine. I think Hannah went on and changed all my Facebook uh, pictures, you know. She kind of looks after all that thing. Got me on there with some face mask and uh, what else has she got? <laughs> she's, oh yeah, she's put the Jonah picture up. But maybe that's prophetic to what we're going to speak on shortly, you know. So... Let's get hold of what the Holy Spirit is saying. We want to walk by faith and not by sight as we press in. So Shabbat Shalom, hallelujah. I don't know how many minutes that's been, but you know, that's good enough time to get the word out there to give you opportunity to share on your Facebook pages uh, so that we can invite people to come and join us. Um, we're going to press in to the word tonight. You know, you should see my notes, man, just a whole bunch of scrambled stuff right in the middle, lost control, you know, that's what uh, was just coming out to me as I was putting uh, stuff together on what we're going to speak on today. So, anyway, let, let me just do this here. So just give us a shout out, tell me where you're watching from. Good to see you, uh, good to have you come and join us tonight. You know, if you've been joining us for the past few days, I am asking you to share testimony. I want you to write to me by email, kenny at bulldozerfaith.com. What is the Ruach HaKodesh? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you as we do these broadcasts? I see many of you tuning in day after day. And I want to encourage you, what is the Father saying to you? Take note of what he's saying. Some of you might not want to share things right now, and that's fine. But if you're in the place where the Father is giving you testimony, then I would like you to share with us. Um, I don't, you know, you can say if this can be shared publicly or not. Just say, keep this is private. That's no problem. I'll keep that private. But we also want you to put forward your prayer requests. Why do we do that? We want prayer requests because we know that there is power in the name of Yeshua. We know that there is healing in Yeshua's name. And, you know, we want to get the balance on this. You know, I'm not sitting here like a prosperity teacher teaching that, you know, that you've got to have blessings. Uh, and if you haven't got blessings, then God isn't with you. Because, look, I love the book of Jeremiah. Man, I love it. I love the, the, the book of uh, the prophets. And when you see what happens within those books... You know, you see that um, Yeshua didn't come and say, listen, I'm going to give you this amazing life. You're all going to have Rolls Royces. You're all going to be so wealthy and just, you know, you, you know, you're all going to have your own private jets and everything. And this is what life is all about. Well, that is not real life. That's not what it's about. You know, it says in the word, I'm going to give you life more abundantly. Well, what, what is life? Life is this. You have ups, you have downs, and more abundantly, you know, is, is life full of ups and downs, you know? So, I lost control. That's what we're going to be talking on tonight. So, Father, we lift up your name. We proclaim that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And even in the midst of all, uh, all the world going out of control, we have this security. On the solid rock of Yeshua we stand. All other ground is sink and sand. And Father, we stand upon the rock of Yeshua. And at this time, Father, we pray 
That as we minister every day, as we spend this hour every day, we ask you, Father, to set the captives free. We ask you to bring forth your healing power. We ask, Father, you bring deliverance. There's people who need deliverance. There's someone struggling, or many of us, struggling with sin. How are we going to deal with that sin? Well, I want to tell you, there's a way that we can have the breakthrough of the Spirit and how we deal with sin. Because we overcome. Because we have the Holy Spirit. You cannot defeat sin without the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. You need to yield to him. You have to be born again. You have to be born again of the Spirit. You cannot overcome unless you're born again. Maybe you're watching tonight and your life is so full of uh, sinful acts, you just cannot get your life under control. Then I want to tell you something. Uh, There's a a passage. In fact, I'm going to read this right now, that's if I can remember where it is. I think it's in the book of Mark. Uh, Oh, come. Look at that. Thrown on the spot. Where is that scripture? I don't think I wrote it down. I think I was just reading it. Uh, No, it's... it's, uh, Oh, yeah. Matthew chapter 8. Yeah. I did put a little note on a piece of paper there of something I read earlier on this. And this is important. This is very important. There is power in the name of Yeshua. No, I'm not shouting yet. I'm just warming up. (laughs) I'm just warming up. There is power in the name of Yeshua. Matthew chapter 8, verse 14. When Yeshua came to Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and began to wait on him. He didn't go into three months counseling with Peter's mother in dealing with sickness and disease. No, he touched her hand and she was supernaturally healed. And immediately she got up and started to wait on Messiah. Hallelujah. Verse 16, this is uh, Matthew chapter 8. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him. And he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities. He carried our diseases. That's Isaiah 53 verse 4. Hallelujah. He took up all our infirmities. He carried, he car- carried out our diseases. Hallelujah. We speak forth his word. One word can set you free. You're fighting demons right now and you can't get through and you feel like you're failing. Every time you want to walk in victory in Yeshua, you're failing. The devil's uh, filling your life with condemnation. Then I just want to tell you right now, just lift your hands up right now. Do you truly want to surrender to Yeshua? Have you repented of your sins? Have you given your life to him? If that is true of you, then we just proclaim right now, be supernaturally delivered. All demonic strongholds over your life, go in Yeshua's name. Be free. You might be watching, you're not even a believer. And we speak to the demons that are pinning you down and holding you from receiving the words of Yeshua. Be free now in Yeshua's name. I speak the freedom in Messiah right now. Hallelujah. Oh, we shout the victory. We shout the victory. So what are we looking at today? Lost control. What does it mean to lose control? Life's interruptions. 
life's interruptions. We all had plans. We all had things that we thought would be happening at this time of year. Yet here I am stuck in, in quarantine, in isolation for 14 days where I can't even uh, spend time with my own family until it is clear that I am not carrying anything. Well, you know, you all know I've got the virus all right. Man, I'm totally infected with Yeshua, the Messiah. The more time I spend in quarantine, man, the more infected I become. <laughs> and that's where we all want to be. And I want to encourage you, get to that place where you are so infected with the Messiah. Life's interruptions. What are we going to do with the interruptions that we face within life? Let's turn them into God opportunities. What are life, life's interruptions? They are divine appointments. The divine appointments. You want to see the miraculous power of God move within your life. Then don't just think that everything has to go the way you think, the way you plan. I work in business development as well. And one of the things the Father shows me in, in b bringing businesses to breakthrough is that, you know, there will be interruptions over the plan that's set before you. And what you do with that plan, you allow it to become liquid. You allow it to flow and you, you move with it. So you put the plan down that the Father gives you at the beginning. And yes, it's the plan from the Father, but even the things that are planned of the Father that He gives you... Why is it that, he, that, that these interruptions come around? What do they come around to do? Well, the enemy wants to stop the plans of God being fulfilled, not just within your life, but within this generation, within this world. The devil is scared, uh, stupid, over the plans of Yehovah. He, do you think he'll, he, you know, he's not waking up in the morning saying, oh man, the best book in, <coughs> in the world is the bible <coughs> you know uh, you know he's he's going through the word and he's thinking goodness me look what's going to happen oh man how am i going to interrupt the plans of god that's what the devil wants to do we have talked extensively over breaking the spirit of fear coming against the assignments of the enemy but life's interruptions are divine appointments so don't get upset when you see what is happening before you today. I want to read uh, from an awesome scripture uh, because, man, we're talking miracles. We're, you know, you want to see some miracles? Then let's just see, where is it? Someone stole my scripture. What happened to it? Uh, oh, it's right here. I'm just on the wrong page. Okay. Um, in Matthew chapter 14, there's some amazing things that takes place in Matthew chapter 14. We see uh, John the Baptist. There's a story about John the Baptist. Let's just read this because, you know, it's important that we are grounded within the Word and we capture what is happening here within the Scripture. So uh, Matthew chapter 14, that's what we're going to read. Verse 1, at that time Herod the Terach heard the reports about Yeshua and he said to his attendants, this is John the Baptist, he has risen from the dead. Um, that is why miraculous powers are at work in him. Now Herod had arrested Johanan, John, and bound him and put him in prison because Herodias, his brother, Philip's wife, uh, for John had been saying to, of, or saying to him, it is not lawful for you to have her. 
Herod wanted to kill John, but he was afraid of the people because they considered him a prophet. On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for them and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was distressed, but because of his oath and his dinner guests, he ordered that her request be granted and had uh, John beheaded in the prison. His head was brought on a platter and given to the girl who carried it to her mother. John's disciples came and took his body and buried it. And then they went and told Yeshua. When Yeshua heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat to a privately uh, uh, by boat privately to a solitary place. So he heard what happened to Yohanan ben Zechariah to John the Baptist, and he thought, you know what? And I, I, I just need to take some time out right now because of what's taken place. What's taken place here? There is an interruption. There's an interruption. You know. Why did he have to, uh, you know, just go out? You know, you think about the preparation of the heart of what uh, um, Yeshua goes through in the morning as the Father reveals things to him of what is happening, uh, what's going to happen within that day and within his life. But, you know, Yeshua loved Yohanan ben Zechariah. He was a relative of John's. And uh, he pulls himself aside. He, he wants to get away privately. He wants to get to a solitary place. But what happens next is really quite incredible. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Yeshua landed, he saw a large crowd. And he was mad. He says, what do you think you're doing? I'm trying to get to my solitary place. I'm just trying to get away from you people. What are you all doing? Get out of here. Wah! That's not what he said, is it? That's not what it says in the Word. What does it say? When Yeshua landed and saw the large crowd, he had compassion on them. And he healed their sick. This is the walk. This is the life of the Messiah. He has compassion. He is one of compassion. He is calling us to have compassion. Compassion on the brokenhearted. Listen, don't be compassionate about the devil. Don't be compassionate against evil. Don't be compassionate against sin. No, be compassionate for the brokenhearted, for the needs of the people. He had compassion on them. What does it mean to have compassion? He saw the lack. He saw the need. We live in a generation where people need the Messiah, they need the deliverance, they need a Savior. We have the fullness of Yehovah. We have the fullness of God dwelling within us. Will we take the glory of God to this generation? So here's Yeshua. He's in a place where all he wants to do is get to a solitary place. Maybe that's you. Maybe you just want to get to a place and be quiet. You know, how do you react when you get interrupted? When something interrupts your day, when events interrupt you, are you able to cope with the change? I shared just a few days ago, or maybe it was yesterday or the day before, I can't remember, um, about being in that church in South Africa where the father said, when I tell you, I want you to interrupt this pastor. 
You know, I want you to stand up and interrupt them. I'm like, oh, interruption. What took place because of that interruption? It was a mighty outpouring of the Spirit that brought supernatural transformation. So don't disregard life's interruptions. Life is going to be full. You're going to have times on the mountaintops. You're going to have times in the valley. Your your plans can be changed, even when you're trying to follow the Father. You know, what is it what the Quakers used to say? And, you know, a lot of uh, uh, people still say this, you know, look forward to seeing you tomorrow, if it be thy will. You know, why? Because you're not in control. And that's the purpose of our message tonight, is coming to the place where we recognize, you know what? You're not in control. You might think you have it all together, but the only thing we have all together is that we are found in Messiah. So you can make your plans, but don't hold on to things like this. Don't hold on to things like this. Why? Because when the interruptions come, they might be godly moments to to bring transformation to speak in to somebody's life. And that's what we want to see. I'll never forget getting on the United flight to London one night. I'm in business class years ago and I'm sitting uh, uh, there. I'm just getting my orange juice delivered and this guy comes and sits next to me and Hi, how are you? And, you know, he asked me what my name was. I said, it's uh, Kenny Russell. Nice to meet you. He's like, oh, ah, my name's Russell too. I'm like, oh, that's great. I said, so what do you do? And he's a businessman. I said, what do you do? He said, I'm the security advisor for the Middle East. I'm like, wow, that's incredible. I'd just been to Israel. I'd just been ministering to governmental levels. And I said, oh, that's, that's my job too. I'm a security advisor to the Middle East as well. And he's like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. So we get talking and he's really excited and we're, we haven't even taken off yet. We're just sitting on the runway. People are still coming on the plane. And I, I said, look, tell me, what, what, what are you going to London for? You know, I'm going to go to London and I'm going to lecture. I'm going to be speaking on uh, security issues concerning the Middle East, Israel and all that. I said, oh, that's great. I said, well, what type of things are you going to be speaking on? So he starts sharing with me. He's excited to be sitting next to me that we have the same name and we have the same job. And he's so excited. He starts sharing with me all about what he's going to say. And I'm listening to what he's saying. And everything he's saying is, has nothing to do with the word. In fact, everything he's talking about is about, about leading people in a completely different direction to what scripture calls us concerning Israel and the Middle East. So when he finishes, you know, this is like 10 minutes later, I asked him the question. I said, can I ask you a question? Have you ever consulted Bible prophecy? And he says to me, no. And I said, oh, I said, well, the reason why you're sitting next to me is because I have a word from God for you. The God of Israel is what you believe to be the God of America. And if you go against his word and what he says, he will come against you. And because of your position, he won't just come against you. He will come against your nation. So God's given me a word for you. You've got two choices. You either repent and receive Yeshua as your Messiah and bring forth the truth according to the word concerning the Middle East or, or leave your job because judgment is coming to you. Well, he looked at me and he's thinking, who do you think you are? 
you know, who do you think you're talking to, you know? And I'm just sitting there. All, instantly I get taken in the spirit and I see him driving a yellow sports car and he kills a 14-year-old girl. And the Holy Spirit says to me, tell him that I forgive you for killing the 14-year-old girl whilst you're driving your uh, yellow sports car. When I said that to him, everything changed. Everything changed. What happened? There was a life's interruption to bring forth a miracle. What was the father seeking to do? He was seeking to bring this person to a place where he could walk in relationship with the Messiah, where he could walk in the truth and know what it truly means to take hold of the miraculous power of Yehovah because he is really real. Do you know him? You have to take hold of who he is. Away from me. Why? I do not know you, you workers of Anomia. You without my Torah. Away from me. Oh, you cast out devils. You heal the sick. You do all these things in my name. Yet you do not know me. And at this time, we've got to get to the place where we, we, we want to ask ourselves the question, do you know about the Scriptures? Do you know your way through the Scriptures and the life of Yeshua? But the question I really need to ask you right now is, do you know Him? He is really real. This has been my message since a child. Do you know Him? He is really real. What are the two most asked prayer requests and prayer lines as I travel the nation of the, of the world? I do not know the will of God and I do not know His voice. These are two things that we must never have a problem with. And this Shabbat, I want to invite you to come to the place where this is a divine appointment of the Spirit. This is a time to be in the Spirit, to be set apart. And as you're set apart, will you listen? Will you listen to what the Ruach HaKodesh has to say? Don't lose this opportunity to know Him. Why? Because the Sabbath is an appointed time. It's an appointment where the Father says, I'm asking you to come aside with me. Come aside and receive from me. Partake of me. He is really real. He is really real. It, this is not just a book of ideas. This is the scriptures. This is the scriptures. So Yeshua, he's interrupted in Matthew chapter 14. All he wants to do is get to that solitary place just to, to, to contemplate before the Father, just lift before the Father the life of John the Baptist and just take that moment. Just take that moment. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to be broken. It's okay to be in a place of need. But when he's on that journey to try and find that quiet place, this crowd finds him. And what happens when the crowd finds him? He has compassion on them and he starts to heal the sick. Verse 15, the evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, it's already getting late. Send the crowd away so that they can go to villages and buy themselves some food. This is a large crowd. This is, this is a huge crowd that is before him. This is not 50 people showing up. You know, sounds like, a, you know, 50 people is a mega church for the Hebrew Roots movement, isn't it? No, this is a large crowd that's taking place here. 
as the evening approached, it's getting late. Send the crowd away, the disciples are saying, so they can get food. Yeshua replied, this is what he says, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. Here, Yeshua puts the responsibility. Why? Because he releases the word. His word is truth. So, you know, Yeshua, he could have said, don't worry, I'll feed them. He said, you give them something to, to, to eat. What does he say in the midst of that? And I believe it's an important question we must always ask ourselves. How many times do we come to the place where we say, God, I've got nothing to give. I have nothing. And he says, what's in your hand? What do you have? What's in your hand? What do you have? Will you take what you have and break it? Because that's what we see through this testimony. He says to them, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. Man, all the villages, not just a village, let these people disperse to go to the villages. One village couldn't cope with the size of this crowd. Now Yeshua says to the 12 disciples, ah, it's okay, you feed them. <laughs> 12, oh yeah, what, what, did we have a bakery or something that we didn't know about? What does it say? We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven. He gave thanks and he broke the loaves. Then he said to the disciples, and the disciples, then he gave it to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basket, basket full of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men beside women and children. What an incredible miracle took place. And all Yeshua was trying to do was to get to a solitary place. Life's interruptions are divine appointments. Don't miss the divine appointments that the, the Father has for you at this time. Don't lose track of what he is saying. Great miracles will take place if we will get into the place where the Father has called us to be. Most of us don't like interruptions because we like a plan to be smooth. We like it just to flow the way that we want it to flow. But what happens when things change? Are we going to walk in the miraculous? Are we going to move out and see that life is full of interruptions and those interruptions can bring transformation to our lives? I tell you, I'm excited. I'm excited today because this is the hour. This is the hour because we think that, uh, we, we think that uh, we've got it all worked out and, and we want to plan our day. But listen, here's the reality. What does the devil want to do? He wants to interrupt you. He wants to cause delay within your life. He wants to cause delay within the nations. He wants to stop you and I from taking the gospel and preaching the gospel to this generation. That's what he wants to do. But what does the Father want us to do? He wants us to say what the enemy plans to, to be destructive, we can turn around for good. 
The more I, I look at this COVID-19, the coronavirus, the more I study what's going on with this virus, it is very clear that what we are facing is a man-made catastrophe. It's because of how we are breeding animals. It's how we're dealing with the food chain. It's, uh, you know, with all these unclean animals as well. Just the dis-ease that is spreading everywhere. It's been written all over the, uh, the, the, the notice boards of the, the health and, and, and wellness world for years that this is about to happen. These plagues will happen. When I look at the plagues within the scriptures, I see how the Father switches plagues on. You know, when we see the plagues in Egypt, the ten plagues, these are not things that had incidents that took place that led to the plague. Oh, it just all happened to build up. That's why the locusts came. No, the word was spoken. Boom, here it came. What we see today in this plague that we are facing right now is not a plague because God is judging the world. It is man destroying himself. That's what's happening. It's affecting all of us. So we need to have a changed world. We need to have a changed world. And that's why we are here. That's why you are here. Because we are called to bring the gospel of the kingdom to this generation. And when we get our hearts light right, when we get our lives in order, when we start dealing with the unclean foods within the world, we're going to live in a lot safer place. When we get our hearts on fire for Yeshua and we start bringing forth the truth and speaking life to creation, to this this planet, we're going to see a completely different world. And some of you are watching thinking, well, what are you talking about? Everything's all just winding up. It's all just going to get so bad, so bad, so bad. Well, what I shared on yesterday is a message that I've shared for years, and that is understanding what time we are living in. There is still prophecies that need to be fulfilled. We still need to see prophecies come to pass that we can rest in him knowing that he will make a way where there is no way. We want to stand upon the promises of Yehovah. Sin interrupts God's plan for the world, so he interrupted sin's plan. How did Yehovah interrupt sin's plan? He sent his son. He sent his son so that he would come and he would die for us, to deliver us from the bondage of sin, to set us free. Man is fallen and Yeshua is the answer. Y Jonah, he was fleeing. There's my daughter, just updated my uh, the Facebook uh, page with Jonah. Uh, Jonah's well uh, up there in uh, Akko. And uh, what do we see about Jonah? He is fleeing, trying to get away from God's command to preach in Nineveh. And what happens? The father turns the entire situation around. He's, you know... Who would have known that a fish could swallow Jonah? That's an interruption. That's something not expected. That's a divine appointment by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Then the, the fish spits him out on the shore and says, Go on then. You know, why, why, why did that happen to Jonah? Because there wasn't another person to do it. It was only Jonah. It was Jonah or Jonah. There wasn't Jonah 2 and Jonah 3. There was only Jonah. 
Even in the midst of our rebellion, the Father has a word for us. In the midst of our rebellion, he will turn that situation around if you will repent. And the Father will make a way to get you back on track to the mission that he has called you to walk on. So where are you at today? How do you deal with interruptions within your life? How do you deal with interruptions in your ministry? How do you deal with interruptions when things don't go the way you think they should go or the way that, that you expect them to go? I'm out of control. How about you? You out of control yet? <laughs> I'm out of control. Look, and I'm not depressed. <laughs> I'm not discouraged. I'm out of control. <laughs> and that's why instead of putting my Bible verse, what it refers to, I just put the Bible. The Bible. I'm out of control. The Bible. Why? Because when you come in line with Yehovah, when you come in line with God, what happens? He will bring us to a place of supernatural transformation. He wants you to walk in the miraculous. He wants you to see the victory of the Messiah within your life. He wants you to see that his promises are yes and amen. I was just trying to think of uh, interruptions. Yeah, I was going to go to uh, Luke, but let's just go to Matthew chapter 1. Let's just read about an interruption that was pretty powerful. And then maybe you'll get to the place where you won't be disappointed when interruptions happen. You won't be disappointed to say, well, I had all these things that I had to do. I had this job a minute ago. Now I don't have a job. Uh, you know, I had these tasks and now my tasks are even greater uh, than ever before. But when we look uh, at the testimony of uh, Mary, it's incredible. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Yeshua, the Mashiach, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Interruption. Here we go. Something interrupted in Mary's life. What happened? The angel of the Lord came before Mary and says, you are highly favored. You are highly favored. But that was a big interruption to Joseph's life. A huge interruption, you know. So what's he going to do? I'm just going to divorce Mary quietly. But what does it say in the scripture? It says Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man. He was right standing. He was seeking to do what is right. And I always used to think when I read that scripture, if he's about to make a mistake, why would God call him righteous? Because he was trying to do everything within his ability to do what is right. And that is our commission too. And what did it take to bring transformation? But after he considered divorcing her, the angel of Yehovah appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, here's not just your name, here is your lineage. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Yeshua because he will save his people from their sins. He will save his people from their sins. 
we need to repent and receive the forgiveness of Yehovah. And in this time, the Father is calling us to a place where we can get to the place where we lose control, but we lose control into his presence, into his arms. Lose control of your own life and let's take hold of his life in us. All this took place to fulfill, this is verse 22 of Matthew chapter 1. All this took place to fulfill what Yehovah had said through the prophets. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave his name, him the name Yeshua. Hallelujah. An interruption. Hallelujah. We exalt you, Father. We press into you. We recognize that in these places of interruptions that you bring forth incredible miracles. So we see the feeding of the 5,000 when Yeshua's just trying to pull himself aside. We see Mary, she's just making a cup of tea. She's just, you know, doing some dishes in the kitchen and poof, the angel of the Lord comes before her and guess what happens? She, she is now conceiving the son of Yehovah. She is the virgin chosen by Elohim. Then Joseph, he's interrupted. What do you mean you're pregnant? You know, we haven't had any union together. I'm a righteous man. I can't live this way. I'm going to have to divorce you quietly. Then the angel comes to him and gives him the revelation of what's taken place. And this is what we pray for today. In the midst of the interruptions we're facing today, seek the Lord. Seek Yehovah. Don't just sit back and go, well, you know, we had that interruption, so I'm just going to do what's right. And I'm just, you know, and, and I'm, I'm going to walk away from all the miraculous powers that God has set before me in the path ahead. You know, that gentleman I told you about in the plane where I told him that God sets you free from the 14-year-old you killed whilst driving your yellow sports car. Listen, when I shared that message with him, he just froze. He freaked out. He started to shake. Tears were coming down his eyes. He couldn't look at me. He refused to repent. He would not repent. And I went to speak to him to compel him to come to Yehovah. And the father said, don't say anything to him. Say nothing. Don't say anything. And I sat there on the plane. Guess what? All of this happened and we hadn't even taken off yet. The security advisor for the Middle East. All this took place. We hadn't even taken off yet. I'm like, I've got to sit next to this guy all the way to London all night. You know? God, this is going to be a good night, isn't it? And he sat there and his knuckles were white as he was grabbing hold of the handles of the seat. <sighs> he was trying to breathe. He didn't want to let go. He wanted to be in control of his life. I'm out of control. How about you? Are you out of control? Have you got to the place where you are not going to take control of your life, but you're going to trust God to take control of your life? I need you. Oh, I need you. Every day I need you. Lord, I need you. 
God, I need you. I'm asking for an outpouring of your spirit at this time. I need you. Will you call on his name? I want us all to get to the place where we are so radical in the presence of Yehovah, that we are radical in his presence. I see prayer requests coming up there. I'm going to reflect back to that in a second. Father, I need you. I want to get to that place where I can see your uh, outpouring of your spirit to bring transformation within my life. In the colliding of life events comes forth God moments. Don't underestimate what the Father wants to do in your life today. Don't underestimate that through all the challenges that we are facing right now, that God wants to do a work. Listen, we know, we are all sitting in a place right now where we know that tens of thousands of people around us are going to die in the next couple of weeks. Tens of thousands of people. Will we share the gospel? Will we speak the truth to this generation? Will we minister to the brokenhearted? We've got health authorities crying out for people to, uh, psychologists to, uh, to deal with uh, people who are losing it. And they're not losing it into the presence of God. Some of them will come to a place of suicide because they don't see any hope. He is our hope. If we will be truth speakers that will proclaim the hope of Yehovah. Listen, tragedy is around us, but we proclaim the victory in Messiah. So, Father, we just want to take time right now to say, Father, may we have compassion on the people like Yeshua. He was just trying to get to that quiet place. He was just trying to get there where he just wanted to consider the life of John the Baptist. And yet a whole crowd of people were in need. And he couldn't even take time to mourn for himself, for one of his family members. And he had compassion on the crowd and he healed their sick. Matthew chapter 14, verse 14. Let's not be disconnected from what's going on around us. Even when we're stuck within our homes and it's limited to what we can do. Let's be people who stand in the gap and pray. Is there someone you need to speak to? Is there someone that you need to say sorry to? Is there someone that you need to repent to? Why? Because you might not be alive in two weeks. You don't know. You don't know when your number's up and your time's up. Oh, we can proclaim the truth all we like. I'm out of control. Because the Bible tells me so. That's right. I'm out of control in the flesh. My life is not my own. I am bought with a price. I can make my plans. A man can determine in his heart his plans. But the Father, the Lord, will direct his steps. I don't know what we've got before us right now, but one thing I do know, there's never been a time like today to be in his presence, 
to press in, to say, Father, I need you. I need you. Will you fill me with your word? Will you fill me with your truth? We read within the scriptures that when God's people are caught within sin, what does God do? He sends forth his prophets. Yet we live in a generation where we don't want to acknowledge the prophetic calling and the prophetic anointing on people's lives. Oh, don't say you're a prophet. Oh, no, that, that wouldn't be good. But listen, this is the hour to prophesy. Repent of your sins. Turn round. Teshuvah. Come back to the place where you need to be. Every one of us need to come to that place. And you might think, well, this message isn't for me. This message is for the unsaved. We're coming up to Passover we're going to walk into unleavened breads. What does it mean? Get the sin out of your life. You have to deal with sin constantly within your life. Father, free me. Wash me in the blood of Yeshua. Set me free. May my life be a reflection of who you are. And when the devil and evil comes to, to destroy the image of Messiah in me, then may he be crushed, may he be destroyed. We break the assignments of evil and we ask, Father, as we humbly come before you, we ask that you will do a work within our lives today. Thank you, Father. Is the interruptions that we're facing blocking our plans or are they opening up doors so that Elohim's greater plan can be revealed? I want to prophesy right now that you and I are living on the edge of one of the greatest moments in time. We are living in a place where we are about to see some of the greatest supernatural miracles that you could ever imagine. This is not just for Africa. <laughs> All of a sudden, the first world is being brought to its knees. And we're talking about how we're going to get control of the economy. We're talking about how we're going to get through this with these huge government bailouts. But here's the reality. Those huge government bailouts, they don't, they don't help non-profits. They don't help ministries. They don't help any of those organizations. No, they just help a certain group of businesses. There's so many people that fall through the cracks in the midst of these bailouts. Is your testimony you've lost control and you're now standing on the rock of Yeshua? Let's lay our lives down right now. Let's give up Give up. Stop fighting. Stop trying to get your plans to come to pass. And just let's just flow with what the Father sets before us, the divine appointments, the holy assignments. I've seen so many incredible divine appointments. I've shared so many of them with you. I've shared them over and over again. I've had literally thousands of divine appointments and holy assignments of the Spirit. God is good. He will make a way. One time I'm walking down the street in South Africa 
and I see this guy, and I don't even know who he is. I just walk up to him. I said, God told me that, that uh, you are a lawyer, and you're working on a very large deal, and this is the value of the deal. The contract that you are putting together right now is a con. Tell your uh, bosses, do not do it, and this is why. Bam, bam, bam. And he's standing there looking at me like, what just happened to him? It was an interruption. He said, I, he said who, who are you? I said, my name is Kenny Russell. He said, where are you staying? And I told him, I'm staying in the Michelangelo Hotel just up the road down. He said, uh, he said, what room are you in? Give me your number. He said, I want to get back to you if that's okay. I said, yep, that's no problem. A few hours later, he came back to me and... Uh, he said to me, I want to meet with you. I want to say thank you for what you shared. We went back and did the diligence on exactly what you said. And we found out that this was a scam. And my boss nearly lost millions, millions of dollars. And he said, you have no idea who my boss is. My boss is one of the richest Jewish businessmen in South Africa. I'm like, really? He said, yep. And he said, I've, he's given me all these contracts, a big pile of contracts that the lawyer's working on. <laughs> he said, he's asking if you will pray over all these contracts because, man, I tell you, you hear from God. And I said, you go back and you tell him that I pray in the name of Yeshua of Nazareth, who is the Messiah. Yeshua HaMashiach, he is the Messiah. I pray in his name. And you go back and you ask him if that is okay. So I don't pray over any of this stuff. He goes back and he comes back and he said, yep, that's okay. And I just prayed over his contracts and stuff and we just spent some time talking. Then I get this uh, car comes up. It's a Friday night, just like tonight. It's a Friday night. It's an interruption. I'm sitting back. I've already got plans. This car shows up and it's, uh, it's this guy, Sid. It's, um, he sent a car for me to come and get me. Why? Because I'm invited to come and have Shabbat dinner with him and his family. And I go to this huge mansion in the outskirts of uh, Johannesburg. No idea where I am. I walk into his house and I get to sit down on this posh meal, posh Shabbat meal. It's, you know, incredible with his wife and his children. Everyone's all dressed up and, you know... I had uh, short and tie and stuff on, but I was very underdressed compared to what everyone was dressed like. And as I sat there having Shabbat meal with them, he asked me about Yeshua. And I preached Yeshua, the Messiah of Nazareth, for over half an hour round that Shabbat table with one of the richest Jewish millionaires, and well, one of the richest men in South Africa. The Father makes a way. Interruptions bring forth miracles. Interruptions bring forth miracles. The Father doesn't want you to be concerned when your plans get messed up. He's asking you. He's asking you. Let go and let Him. So I've lost control because the Bible tells me so. It's not about my control. It's not about my way. It's not about my thoughts. I just choose to yield to him. And my message today is that we come to that place where uh, that we uh, will, will get to that place where we will see the transforming power of the Spirit. 
you know, I just want to share some testimonies because I want to set you on fire today with this. This is important. And, and you know, look, there's, some, there's testimonies I share all the time. There's a reason why I share them all the time. Because they're so important because of how they set the captives free and the things that happen uh, within those divine appointments and those holy assignments. What about the time when the Father wakes me up? Uh, in the early hours of the morning, says, get up, go to Trafalgar Square. There's a guy coming there with a green jacket on. He's saying, God, reveal yourself to me or I'm going to kill myself. He tells me I don't even live in London. Get up and go to London, to Trafalgar Square, and tell him you don't have to kill yourself. I'm like, don't you have someone in London you can call? And out of protest, I'm put my jeans on over my PJs, didn't even took my PJs off. Off I went to London, driving in the pouring rain. An interruption, life's interruptions. And in that life interruption, I get to Trafalgar Square and there's that guy, the only guy with a green jacket on. People don't usually wear green jackets. They wear black jackets and blue jackets and different colors. But there he is with the green jacket. And I walk up to him. And I said, God sent me here to tell you, you don't have to kill yourself. He loves you. You've come here at Trafalgar Square to say, God, reveal yourself to me or I'm going to kill myself. You don't have to die. God is real. He loves you. And instantly he falls to his face on the floor in the pouring rain. And what's he doing? He's repenting of his sins and being supernaturally transformed. Why? There is a God and he is alive. Interruptions. I shared uh, the other day about the story of how Haley came and prayed for me when I had shingles all around my waist and it was all bubbling up and oozing and oh, it was disgusting and the pain was something else. Haley and I were not married at the time, but she came over and she just laid hands on me and she just let her tears fall onto that wound and I was supernaturally healed. It shriveled up and died in a day. That evening, after that miraculous miracle, that interruption when you just think, oh, I'm just going to have to be sick for the next two or three weeks. I've got the shingles. I'm instantly healed. That night, the Father says, get up, you're going to go to the UK. I've got a divine appointment, holy assignment for you at Alwyn Pereira's wedding. A good friend of mine. And I get up and we go to the wedding and it's all supernatural. So many miracles happen. I phone, I'm trying to phone the best man, Paul. I get on the phone to Paul. Someone answers the phone. I'm like, is Paul there? They're like, no, this, Paul, there's no Paul living here. And instantly I recognize that I'm speaking to my pastor in London and I'm in the south of Spain. I'm like, is that Nikki Lee? He's like, yeah. I said, this is Kenny Russell. He's like, whoa. He said, oh, wow, how are you? He said, how come you're calling me? This is my home number. No one has this number. I said, well, I just rang Paul, and I've come through to you, and I read him my number. I, this is the number I dialed. He said, that's not my number. And it's on the display, the digital display, the number I dialed. That's not my number. 
God can connect you. He can make a way. Interruptions happen. And supernaturally, the Father gets us on an airplane that night. He supernaturally provides. We get there with 50 pence. That's not like 60 cents in our pocket or under a dollar. And the Father connects us at Nikki Lee's house. We get a lift from there all the way to the wedding in the, the south coast of England. We get to the wedding and two people don't show up. We get their seats at the wedding. And then here's another interruption. There's two people sitting across from us, prophets, and they are called to Spain. We just flew in from Spain. And they said, where are you going while you're in the UK? I said, we're going to Scotland and we're going to Cornwall. He laughs. He takes out his scheduler out of his pocket and he says, just look what it says on my scheduler. Where am I going? I'm going to Scotland, then Cornwall. He said, maybe you're meant to come with us. He just had a heart attack four days before, and that morning the Holy Spirit said, Get up, you're going to that wedding, be supernaturally healed. I want you to go to that wedding, I've got divine appointments for you. Interruptions to your plan. Well, I've just had a heart attack, and I've just got to get over things. Interruptions. Father, we thank you for divine appointments and holy assignments. What was the miracles that came forth because of our obedience? Because of Haley's initial obedience to pray for me and see the miracle of me supernaturally healed led to so many miracles taking place. It led to the Father changing when we got married. It led to the Father providing a wedding dress for our wedding. It, 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 read, it led to us going to Cornwall. On the way to the Cornwall, I, I want to have a Magnum ice cream. Anyone remember Magnum ice creams? Maybe they still have them today. It's not really the type of things I eat these days. I try and keep away from all the sugar stuff. I just was craving a, a Magnum. And you know, the time I stop at this gas station, the one I stop at in the country hasn't sold ice creams in probably 10 years. The little ice cream freezer in the gas station is all full of cobwebs. I walk out and here's this woman screaming, where's Trelisk, Trelisk Hospital? Where's Trelisk Hospital? We're like, what are you talking about? Their friend is in the car with a broken foot. Her foot is hanging off and it's all exploding in her ankle. Huge ball. She's weeping and crying and in intense pain. Her bone is snapped. She'd been to the doctors and he said, listen, I can call an ambulance for you, but if you just get in the car, just drive your friend. It'll take you five minutes. You can be at the hospital. Why wait for an ambulance? It might take 15, 20 minutes. So she drives 50 miles in the wrong direction. Ends up in the same gas station that I'm at with Haley and this, this other prophet and, and his wife. And the, the, the five of us or the four of us are there. And we go out and we're like, what's going on? And she's crying. And I said, can we pray for you? And we place our hands on our foot. And as I'm praying for her, I said, be healed in Yeshua's name. I speak to this bone to come in line. It goes and it, it, I felt I was holding her ankle. It immediately clicked into place. She screams, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. She gets out of the car. She's jumping up and down on her foot. She's going, hallelujah, I'm healed. She was a backslidden believer. Then the Father's supernaturally transforming her life. All I was trying to do was buy a Magnum ice cream. Interruptions are divine appointments by the Spirit. 
You might think your plans are broken. You might think your world is broken. But maybe the Father is setting you up right now for supernatural miracles. I'm not expecting one miracle. We have one miracle getting uh, from Spain to the UK to that wedding. And how many miracles happen thereafter? Tens, hundreds of miracles start taking place. People are changed all over the place from Scotland to Cornwall. The transformation is amazing. Even the father bringing forth our wedding. It's supernatural. It's amazing. How many times have we seen the provision of Yehovah? Have we seen the blessings of God because we know how to pray? Father, you know. We move to America. We get into America uh, we arrive there with, with 26 suitcases. We end up living in uh, this, shot, uh, this house, second largest house in North Carolina, in Waxhaw, uh, with this uh, famous family. They, they put us up and give us a wing within their home. And uh, I'm walking in the grounds and I'm asking the father uh, for where we're going to stay. And the father says, call up the real estate agent that's, that's asked to help you, you know, and tell her that you're going to find your house today. And this is the real estate agent. She, she came up to me in a fellowship after I was speaking one morning. And she said, um, she said, I'd like to help you find your home. She said, what type of house would you like? I said, well, I don't know. I can take an apartment. I can take a small house, a large house in the country. Or I don't know. Well, what's your budget? I said, I don't have a budget. I live by the Spirit. I don't need a budget. Whatever the Father says, He will provide. He will make a way. I said, you just, if, if you feel that, you know, you want to be part of finding my home, then all I have to do is lay my hands on you and pray for you. So, Father, in the name of Yeshua, may this real estate woman have authority of the Spirit and wisdom and be directed to where we need to stay in Yeshua's name. I'd call her up. I'm like, have you found my home yet? She's like, no, not yet, you know. Then that morning when I'm walking in the big grounds of this large house that the father put us in, I'm asking the father, you know, what's your plan for my home? He said, call up the agent now. Interrupt her and tell her this. God says you will find my home today. Well, she was kind of taken aback. She's like, Phew. she told me after, you know, when we sat down after we closed the deal on the property, uh, four weeks, five weeks later, she said, you know, I just want to tell you what happened. You made me so mad when you phoned me up and said, God said you're going to find my home today. I was so mad. I'm like, what is this guy doing? Is he testing me? Is he, is he trying to test if I hear from God? Oh, she was mad. Why? I was interrupting her plans. And even though she was mad, she pulls herself aside and she prays and she says, Father, where is the home for this guy? Where is he and his family meant to be? Where is his ministry meant to be based? <clears throat> and the Holy Spirit told her this person's house. She's like, there's no way. They're not going to lease that property to, to anybody. It's not going to happen. What happened? She called them up in Fort Lauderdale, Florida and said, Hey, listen, I just want to ask you a question. Would you be interested in leasing your house? And this person nearly has a heart attack. You have got to be kidding me. Me and my husband are praying this morning, asking the Father, what do we do our, with our house in Charlotte, North Carolina? And the Holy Spirit says, lease it, rent it out, don't sell it. 
And we're like, well, how do you do that? We don't know how to do that. And you call us up 15 to 30 minutes later. You call us up. Well, I've got the people for your house. We walk into the house. It's way out of our depth. Listen, I've got $150 in my pocket probably, next to nothing. I walk around this house with no furniture, nothing. You know, it's not like I'm bringing in a container from the UK. I moved to America with 26 suitcases. I walked in the house and Hannah walked up to the agent with her little sheep purse full of her little coins and her pocket money. And she, she asked the real estate uh, woman to bring, she wanted to whisper in her ear. She said, I want to buy this house for my mummy and daddy. This is where we're going to stay. And she gives... Um, she gives the, the agent her little purse with all her little coins. This is where we're going to stay. And I said, you know what? This is where we're going to stay. The father is going to make a way. I'm walking in the grounds of this, uh, of the house we were staying at. Why? Because I've told them, uh, you tell the people we're going to take the house. They said, well, how much do you want to pay? I said, you just tell them to name the price. And that is the price we will pay. I will not negotiate. I will not negotiate down. I will, I will not challenge the price. Tell them to pray. Ask God what the price is. Whatever that price is, that's what I'll pay. And that's what happened. And they didn't come back with this low ball price. They came back with a, you know, pretty high price. And I said, okay, Father, you've got to make it happen. So there I am, just two days from when the checks have to be signed. I, I have nothing. Yeah, not even a hundred bucks. Father, I need thousands of dollars. And I'm walking in the grounds of the house. And I, I said, this is the exact amount I need. And as I'm walking, praying in the grounds, the phone rings. I answer the phone. And this person says to me, the Holy Spirit has told me to send you this amount of money. And it was exactly what I was praying for. Interruptions in provision. God knows what you need. He will provide for you. I'm out of control. That's the title of our message tonight. I'm out of control and it's okay. I can be out of control because I'm in his presence. I'm in his will. I'm walking in his ways. I expect interruptions in my life to bring divine appointments and holy assignments. I expect the interruptions within my life to bring forth the miraculous power of Yehovah, the transforming power of Yeshua. Hallelujah. This is the hour to see the victory in Messiah. I'm not going to sit back to a spirit of fear. I'm not going to sit back and let the assignments of the enemy, the evil assignments of the enemy to dictate the direction in which I walk. I will walk by faith and I will walk in the way the Father has called me to do. And if the Father requires me to change my plans, I will change my plans. Because it's no longer I that live, but it's the Yeshua, the Mashiach, who is living in me. He is able. He is able. Salvation, deliverance belongs to us. Freedom in the Spirit belongs to us. This is the hour. I hope you're blessed and encouraged that this is time for divine appointments and holy assignments. Don't take this day lightly. And listen, pray, start interceding for the brokenhearted. Every person who is dying within your communities, within your nation, they all have families. 
we need to minister to the brokenhearted. That is why we are here. Do you have compassion? Maybe you don't have compassion. Maybe right now you need to repent because you can't see through the eyes of the Spirit. You're only interested in how are you going to get through this instead of how are you going to minister through this. Let's take Yeshua to this generation. Where is the army of God? I'm calling you to rise up and be who the Father has called you to be. Let me tell you something. We are going to broadcast every single day because we need to speak the message of hope to this generation. I am not going to sit back when people are hurting and they're broken and they need a Savior. Yeshua is the answer. If you are in a place of need right now and you want, to, you want us to pray, then just post in the comments prayer requests and we will stand with you. And even after this broadcast, you know, we are going to be there and we're going to stand and we are going to pray with you because all his promises are yes and amen. Thank you, Father. Yulisa is asking for prayer for his mother. We're waiting for tests to see if she's if she's COVID positive. She's got immune. Her immune is compromised. She's now feeling sick herself, and I'm praying. I'm pleading the blood. I would appreciate your prayers. Hallelujah. Father, we just want to come right now and pray for our sister and for her mother. We say to, to this COVID-19, get off their lives right now in Yeshua's name. We break the assignments of the enemy. We speak protection over their lives right now. Be protected right now in Yeshua's name, you and your mother right now. We proclaim the promises of Yehovah. We stand in agreement with you. And just as Yeshua said, he spoke the word and, and people were healed and delivered. So we speak the word. We say be healed now in Yeshua's name. This is the hour for salvation. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I'm just looking back, see if there's any other prayer requests. Thank you, Father. I don't always see everything. Uh, Keith, he says, uh, pray for my daughter, J Jody. Uh, had her first grandson on the 7th of February. My daughter is not allowed to see my grandchild. Her mom and nan have a Jezebel spirit. Hope it's not in my daughter too. Need a big breakthrough in Yeshua. Father, we just lift this situation up in Keith's family and we ask for a miraculous miracle, Father. Father, we just pray over Jody right now that you minister to her and you just... Father, bring supernatural alignment within her family and what's happening there. Father, will you just bring them to a place of walking in the Messiah? We ask for the authority of the Spirit to rise up within Keith's family, for there to be order in the midst of chaos, Father, your order, Father, that you will bring them to a place of restoration and healing in Yeshua's name. Thank you, Father. We've got Sandy Beach, who's not really Sandy Beach, but that's what she likes to get called. She's got a sister with several slipped discs and a brother with 15% lung capacity. 
Wow. So we speak over your sister right now to these discs to be healed in Yeshua's name. We break the assignments of the enemy and we ask for a supernatural miracle over uh, this sister's uh, back that these discs will be supernaturally transformed right now in Yeshua's name. And for our brother as well, we ask for the breath of Yahovah to enter his lungs right now. We say you will go from 15% to 20%, from 20% to 30%, from 30% to 50% that you will fully recover in Yeshua's name. We plead the blood of Yeshua and we proclaim it is by his stripes you are healed. Thank you, Father, for Anne has got ringing in her ears. We break the spirit of tinnitus on you right now. Come off right now. Just put your fingers over your ears. Father, we proclaim supernatural healing over Anne right now. We say to that ringing, go in Yeshua's name. Go in Yeshua's name. Thank you, Father. We shout the victory. We shout the victory. We've got Galen, who is praying for her husband. Yes, hallelujah, in New Zealand. We just ask for a supernatural miracle that at this time that uh, Galen's uh, husband will come to know you. Father, we call out for household salvation. We proclaim your promises over our home in Yeshua's name. We stand in the gap for my sister and we say, this is the hour. Father, bring forth salvation in their household today, in Yeshua's name. Thank you, Father. Uh, I've got Charlie's asking, speak on the importance of holiness and how it impacts the spirit. Yes, hallelujah, yeah. What's the importance of holiness? Listen, there is such a thing as a kindalini spirit. It's a false anointing. Many people are walking around with the gifts of the spirit and their lives are full of compromise and they are seeing these manifestations taking place and they are not of the Father. The Father requires of us to walk in holiness. We are called to be a set-apart people. And if we are not a set-apart people, you, you know, look, the devil is going to beat you up. You can fake being a Christian, but you can't fake the kingdom. And we are called to live in the gospel of the kingdom. So I want to encourage you to seek holiness, to press in, but not just from a religious perspective. Because, you know, you know, there's a testimony. I was in one of the largest holiness churches in England. And uh, this is the son-in-law of the leader of the holiness movement. And it was a little apostolic uh, fellowship in uh, Bracknell, Berkshire. And I walked in. This guy was a wrestler. And I walk in. I'm 17 years old. And this is what I, I shared. I'm, I'm, he's, the guy's praying. He's just praying. The Holy Spirit says to me, he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. He's having sexual relations with many women within this fellowship. So I call him out. I, I, and he's not even, he hasn't even said amen yet. I said, you're a wolf in sheep's clothing and this is what you're doing. May your sin be exposed and I come against you in the name of Yeshua the Messiah. And I break the assignments and what you are doing. You're a wolf in sheep's clothing. Well, let me tell you something. My feet never <laughs> never got another step within that church. I had the deacons and the elders grabbing hold of me. They literally picked me up. This is an interruption again. And they threw me on the grass verge outside of this church and said, don't you ever come back here again. 
I get back to where I'm staying a few hours later after taking a drive thinking, was I meant to do that, God? Was that right? He said, yep, yep, you were meant to do that. That's what I called you to do. Because I was feeling like that's not what I should have been doing. Maybe I should have just went and spoke to him quietly. Well, that's not what the Father said to me. He said, you proclaim him. They all rebuked me. That church, even members of my own family uh, from my brother-in-law's family were in that church. Man, they were as mad as hell at me. They're like, how dare you and all this stuff. I go home. Listen, they're throwing this woman of the house is throwing all my stuff out the window from the apartment in their large home that I was living in. And uh, I'm getting my socks and underwear and putting it in the trunk of my car and she's throwing my CD player and uh, everything that was up there, she just tossed it out the window, come, come crashing down on the ground. I'm piling all my stuff into my car. Then she says, get out of here. Don't you ever come back here again. You know, and screaming at me and, you know, just losing it. This is meant to be a Christian, you know. I get in my car, I drive off and I'm like, I'm homeless. So here I am, you know, I've got a plan. I'm just trying to go to church. I'm just trying to have fellowship and just behave myself. And all of a sudden, this comes out my mouth and I start challenging this person in a holiness church. In a holiness church. It was one year later. Even that woman that was in that house that was kicking me out, she was having an affair with him. There was over 36 ladies within that church that were actively involved in affairs with that individual. Unbelievable. In a holiness church. The Father calls us to be set apart. He wants us to be set apart to live in his kingdom. This is the hour. This is the time. So walk in holiness. Let's, let's uh, clean our lives up. Why? Because we don't want to fake it until we make it. We want to walk in the truth. I'm not going to live a lie. When you walk in holiness, you walk in the truth. So let's walk uh, as one who is set apart before the Father. Be set apart. Hallelujah. Well, I hope you've been blessed and encouraged. I'll just have a look at this. Uh, on the cell phone, some of these, uh, I don't really get to see all of these. I'm just making sure there's no prayer requests here. Okay. Well, we're going to be broadcasting again tomorrow. Listen, we are preaching the gospel every day. Why are we preaching the gospel every day? Because this is a generation that has incredible needs. I want to see people rescued from the spirit of suicide. I want to see believers wake up and walk in holiness and live the life and the calling that God has for them. I want to see I want to see people overcoming the assignments of the enemy and bringing the victory of Yeshua and signs and wonders and miracles to this generation. And I want to tell you something. If you hang out with me on these broadcasts each day, you're going to start to see the power of the Holy Spirit manifest in your life in a greater way. Why? One will send a thousand to fly, two ten thousand. We need each other. We need the encouragement of each other. I'm in Israel for such a time as this, and I'm proclaiming that this is the hour for supernatural transformation, for the glory of Yehovah to be revealed in the land of Israel. I press in every day 
for the miraculous power of the Spirit to pour out in this land. I come against modern-day Zionism. Why? It's the spirit of Antichrist. And I, I ask for the, the spirit of truth to rise in this land. I ask for the spirit of Yeshua to be uh, proclaimed from this land. And as for me and my house, we will proclaim his name to this generation. If you're blessed and encouraged with what we are doing in our ministry, then this is the time to give. This is the time to stand with us. We don't have any of these packages to help us get through this. We have a ministry house that we pay a lot of money for each month where we invite guests to come and stay so we can minister to them. Well, right now, guess what? We've had nothing but cancellations all the way through to June because of uh, this coronavirus and we still have got to pay all the bills on this property and we are not going to give this up. Why? Because the Father has positioned us here for such a time as this. We are literally seeing hundreds of people waking up to the revelation of Yeshua the Messiah because we have this property and we want this to continue. If you want to stand with what we do in ministry, it's only a few days till I'm in the studio and I'm out of quarantine and I get to be home with my family. So I appreciate your prayers as we just get ready for this next phase. Um, but if you want to give, you can go to bulldozerfaith.com forward slash give. Uh, or just go to bulldozerfaith.com and hit the give tab and you can give in different currencies no matter where you're watching from in the world. We appreciate you standing with us. And if the Father is blessing you at this time and he's uh, sustaining your income through all of this, then please stand with us. If you're in a position where your in income is being impacted and you know you keep your money to pay your bills, it's okay. You know, you're not meant to be under fear on thinking that you have to give in poverty. Do not give in poverty. Just allow the, the needs of your household to be met. Make sure food is getting on the table and send us prayer requests of what you're going through so that we can stand with you as well. And we are here for you to stand in the gap for you. And, you know, it, from time to time, we can even meet the needs of other people as well out of the overflow and the blessings that the Father gives to us. So let's be a part of what the Father's doing. Let's stand together and raise up the army of Yehovah. Because what's happening because of this, uh, my trip. I actually left on a trip to America to proclaim and bring in the new. And nothing's changed from what the Father told me to do at the beginning of February to where we are today. I'm just seeing a greater importance over our work today than what we saw before. And the whole plan is being changed of how that is going to go forward. The Father has to make a way. That's why I said, what? I've lost control. I am not in control. It is time for the Father. I'm not in control. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. So let's stand together. Father, I speak blessing over every person that is watching, even those that are watching uh, later on, I just proclaim the blessings of Yehovah over you, that you will see victory in Messiah, that you will see the supernatural transforming power of the Spirit manifesting within your life. May you hear the voice of the Spirit. May your spiritual ears be so open that you hear, you understand. May you have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart that understands so we can walk in the ways of Yehovah, that we can make a difference to 
together. And Father, we will unite in the faith. We will unite in the mission to bring your gospel to this generation. In Yeshua's name, we worship you. Thanks very much for being with us. Until tomorrow, Shabbat Shalom. Hallelujah.